You hear that guitar riff, we'll tune up the band quick Just straight off my laptop, I blow with the bandwidth How slick can this man get, but the call off a razor More diesel than Nash, I move past all these haters See they know who I am, but Brought they don't know the Not to be slapped upon, Ron Pash Nothing but cash, Derek Mack Nothing but facts, Russ D Speaking justly, Joey Well, you just Joey Hey, we make history on this network. Compared to us, compared to this right here, the other podcasters on this network suck. My brothers, we are this network and we run this network. What I'm trying to say is respect. Good evening, biscuit butts and bubble heads. Welcome to another episode of The Perfect Edge. And I am the face of the heel, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast. Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Mundo, Don Strowman, Don DiBiase, Donovan, the lowdown Lloyd. And it's been a it's been a pretty eventful week for uh, sports entertainment and otherwise. Uh, first things first. Uh, one of my favorites uh, had a birthday this week. He would have been 50 years old. So much love and happy birthday to Eddie Guerrero. May he rest in peace. And who would, who who knows where he would have been today, man. He probably still would have been in the ring killing it. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on. Not to say anyway, not to be disrespectful because I love Eddie. Um, anyway, whatever. Uh, had a busy uh, week this past weekend. Um had two different events, actually three different events. One, I didn't even get to see uh, the Adios Aurora, so I'm probably going to subscribe to Beyond Wrestling and backtrack and watch that because it was just a, a dope card. If you listen to the last episode, you can go back and hear how dope that card was. But I'm going to get started with a little bit of combat sports. We got UFC 215, uh, which was a really, really dope card um at least on the top end the, the fights that I cared to see anyway were really good um I'm pretty sure Paige Van Zandt was supposed to fight and I don't recall that happening so either I skipped over it or it didn't happen either way it is what it is starting off Walt Harris stepping up to the plate with uh Derek Lewis uh not being able to fight uh five hour notice against Fabricio we're doing much respect to Walt Harris for Fabricio we're doing much respect to Walt Harris for doing that um, cause that's definitely, uh, could change the game plan depending on who you're fighting. Uh, Fabricio, we're doing pretty much just put on the clinic that, that whole fight. He pretty much just, it was a showcase for him. Um, uh, Fabricio had a great mount at one point in the fight, went for the rear naked, went from the rear, from, went from the rear naked to an arm bar. And pretty much that was the end of the fight. It was, it was nothing else to say. So, I don't know. I mean, from here, who knows where Fabrizio is going. That was definitely a statement fight. It was an easy fight. Um, not to say anything against Walton, but it was an easy fight. And it was a showcase fight. And I don't know who, who knows where it goes from here. Uh, I, I don't see why he wouldn't get a title shot. Um, but, I mean, I think Stipe's, um fighting somebody soon. So, it won't happen right away. But, yeah. I mean, I don't see why not to push, put him back in the title. In a title... Uh, uh, title spot um, on the next page. I guess next year because I'm I'm not sure what they have set for December yet. But um, and I doubt they would fight that fast. So yeah, next year sometime. Uh, guys, guys, excuse me. I'm um, 
dealing with a bit of cold, but I don't get under the weather. I get over the weather. So, anyway, moving on. At Ray Borg versus Demetrius Johnson, um, which is just another showcase. Honestly, uh, Demetrius Johnson just—he was just moving so effortlessly, effortlessly in that fight, man. It was just—it was crazy to see. Um, Ray Borg, however, hung in there um, enough to make it through a couple of the rounds. But you know, Mighty Mouse was just—he was just all over Ray Borg. Like it—it was—it's crazy to just see. Like you know, um, Borg eventually got a takedown um, in round two. Um, he pretty much had a rear naked joke, uh, rear naked choke on him. Um, while standing up and Mighty Mouse just dumps him off his back, just dumps him off his back like easy weight, like a sack of potatoes. Just get off me. Puts him on the ground. And, you know, Mighty Mouse is able to get in some ground and pound. Continuing just the, the slew of submissions that he was trying to get on all night. Just taking his time, letting Ray Boyd, you know, do his offense and none of it really worked. And, you know, Mighty Mouse pretty much at a point just throws Borg up in the air like a baby, catches him, and immediately just puts on an arm bar out of nowhere. Like, it's it's nothing I've ever seen in the UFC before. It was just, like, really amazing. If you can go, go on YouTube and, and search for that, for the results of that uh, fight. And it's just, like, crazy, man. Just, like, and even the fact that Borg was trying to twist away, like, which would really would have made it worse, you know, I mean, if he did break his arm. But um, it was just an amazing scene to see Mighty Mouse throwing this grown man up in the air and then just... Catching him and immediately already in arm bar as he's coming down. Like, it's just just crazy to see. Really, really crazy to see. Uh, moving on to the, the the big fight, which I thought was the fight of the night, in my opinion. I've only watched, like, three or four of these fights anyway. So, out of those four fights, this was the fight of the night for me. You got Kevin Lee versus Tony Ferguson. This was another fight where it pretty much... In my opinion, Tony Ferguson just showcased himself and all that he was able to do. Um, uh, Kevin Lee definitely hung in there. He definitely showed his toughness. Um, but Tony Ferguson was just, he was about that life. He was prepared. He was ready. Um, the first round, both guys, you know, were scoring some good punches. Ferguson getting a few leg kicks in. Um, went to the ground a couple times. Um, Tony was able to uh, get a submission on Kevin. Kevin was able to get out of it. Um Ferguson was a uh, got a cut on his eye like pretty pretty much early in the fight somewhere like between round one and two. Um, Kevin Lee was able to get some ground to pound in. Um, eventually had Tony in a bad position for for a second, um, which led to um, at a certain point Herb Dean stopping the fight. I believe it was at the end of the second round and and Kevin Lee took took a couple maybe one or two extra punches. Like it's not really. I don't really remember detail whether it was one or two punches, but he definitely threw some punches after Herb Dean stopped the fight. Um, luckily, he didn't get uh, penalized or anything like that, but, you know, got to watch that type of stuff. Um, Ferguson cracked Lee with a mean elbow that he stepped into, uh, which drew some blood on his face. Um, even going into that third and fourth round, like, Kevin Lee just pretty much seen drain those those last couple of rounds that he fought. Um Definitely was fatigued, uh, throwing some kicks that just weren't even landing on the air, and yeah, it was just it was pretty much going down here from from that point. Um, to an extent, as far as his as far as his uh his cardio, but um Lee was able to get a takedown early in the fourth round, able to score another one later in that round. Um, he was it looked like it was really over for him at a certain point. Uh, Tony Ferguson had him in an arm bar. It looked like it could have been done. It looked like it could have been over. Kevin Lee did a smooth step over. 
was able to get out of that arm bar amazingly. Joe Rogan definitely put it over. Like it, it, it was it was definitely worth putting over because it was super amazing that he was able to get out of that arm bar because it definitely looked like the fight was over and it was done. But he was able to get out. Unfortunately, didn't really matter because Ferguson was able to get Trevor Lee into a triangle, a triangle lock, which it pretty much was done for. It was locked in. It was tight. And it was over. Um, however, at the end of that fight, uh, Kevin Lee pretty much was on the ground crying, um, which is cool. And I thought it was really cool that Cormier was talking about it, somebody who who is known to cry after losing. Um, Cormier saying, you know, it's all right for him to cry. It's okay if it means that much to him. And I thought that was really dope for Cormier to take up for him. And, you know, you know, being that he's an emotional person after loss and, and just being able to say it's okay when it means that much because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who who are like that, you know, like when it means so much that it it could bring you to tears, especially for a championship. So hats off to Kevin Lee for the fight that he put up. Hats off to Tony Ferguson. And now uh, pretty much the conversation is when is Conor coming back and is he going to fight Tony Ferguson or is he going to vacate the title? I don't think he's going to vacate the title. So at this point, it's just waiting to see when he's going to fight Tony Ferguson pretty much. So, that's UFC 216 in a nutshell for May. Moving on to the other big event that was happening this weekend, this past weekend, Hell in a Cell 2017. I don't even think I need to say the year doesn't really matter. Anyway, starting off with the New Day versus the Usos, um, which was definitely dope match. Just great way to start the show. Uh, probably. My match of the night. I don't know that and and Shane and Owen. Nah, that's my match of the night. That's my match of the night. Um, definitely the match of the night. Um. Anyway, a lot of scary stuff going on in that match. Biggie missing his first spear. Um, hitting the cage hard. Definitely cussed after they had to bleep out him cussing because he definitely cussed. And I mean, you sparing out of a ring into like you know a gate. So obviously that hurts. Um. New Day pulling out some customized choice and weaponry, the colorful Kindle sticks, the multiple trombones, the gong. You gong me, bro. And the cowbell. Um, Big E doing the urinagi to Xavier Woods at the right moment, coming in and doing a cold breaker to one of the Usos. I forgot which one it was. Um, do your Googles. But which was, it could have hurt Xavier Woods itself because it doesn't look like he quite got underneath him enough that it would comfort him. So I definitely thought he might have hurt his knee, but um seemed to be okay. So but it was definitely just a dope spot in the match. Um locking Jay Uso into the cage with the multiple kendo sticks was definitely dope. Something that was never seen before in the hell in the cell. That was a really, really dope moment in the match. Um very creative on um, on the part of those guys. And hats off to Jay Uso for even, you know, being the one stuck in that position because that was that looked really rough. Um and then uh, electric chair dropping uh, the cage by the Usos, like that was, that's really dope too. Um, the moment where Big E started, you know, hawking up, as you would say, um, that was really dope to see. Big E swatting the kendo stick with his forearms, you know, just completely hawking up, completely getting mad to the point where it didn't even affect him no more. It was just really dope being that he's a big guy. So that was a dope spot to see. Um, uh, the double splash. Should have been the end of the match, but, you know, Woods came in out of nowhere saving the match um, after uh, after being beat savagely by the Usos, being handcuffed to the post, 
and you know they just going having a field day with him, hitting it with the kendo sticks, like that. The batting cages, Vince's by the way. Um, and you know, Woods powering up through the kendo shots afterwards was definitely dope. A lot of powering up on a new day. These dudes really feed off the power of positivity. Um, anyway, double splash on the Woods with the chair was finito for the match and. Honestly, I'm sad that these two are going their separate ways. I would, I honestly, if they're putting on, like I said before, if they're putting on dope matches like this, they can go the rest of the year for all I care, as long as they can put on a great match. But it is what it is. They move on after this. But that was a great way to end it. Uh, next, we have Rusev versus Randy Orton. Um, you could tell that these guys were very comfortable with each other. You could tell that the match was, um, that it was a very fluent match. Um, other than that, I have nothing else to say because Randy Orton is involved and he's boring me right now. So, yeah, uh, make Rusev great again. Make the Rusev great again. Anyway, we have uh, Corbin Dillinger and Styles in a triple threat for <clears throat> the United States Championship. Um, I, 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 it was, I don't understand why they didn't do this on Thursday. Like, you were trying to make the one-on-one between Corbin and AJ Styles. You had Dillinger in the mix the whole time, so it was just like, we know he's going to be in the mix, and then they, uh, oh, yeah, Ty Dillinger's in the match. It's like, we knew this was happening already. Why didn't you just do it? Like, Anyway, my little gripe with that. Um, I feel like Corbin looks his best in, in, in matches with multiple people. You're able to mask a lot of the stuff that he made. Well, not I don't even know if it's a lot of stuff at this point. Um, I think he's getting into a fluidity of his moveset. But some of the stuff that he may not do well, you're able to mask, or he's able to mask in a match with multiple people. So I thought that was a, a good a good shake for him, especially with AJ. I think this is the second time that AJ's worked with him in a triple threat um, setting, and you know it was able to make Corbin look good. Um, AJ hitting uh, his side on the ring post uh, was really looked really really rough. He's taking a lot of rough bumps this year, um, but that was a really really rough bump. Um, Styles hitting the barricade hard, another rough bump in the match. Um, Corbin hitting AJ with a right in the mid air was super dope. Um, I know a lot of the time they mention that he's a Golden Glove champion or whatever, and that was definitely like a, a way to put that over. Even I don't think they were, I don't know, they didn't really put it over like as much as I thought they should have, especially since they mentioned that all the time. But seeing it was really dope. Just um, the, the the amount of time it took for him to measure that and get that off was just, like, really amazing to me. Um, maybe it's just because I'm a boxer fan. But whatever. Um, AJ getting a ton of uh, striking offense off as usual, um, which is really dope. Um, tying AJ counting out of Styles Clash. Uh, countering out of the Styles Clash was uh, – it was really dope. Uh, just kind of, and it's hard like these days. Like they really don't allow the Styles Clash to go uh, to get get televised often. Um, so, but even the way that Ty uh, was able to uh, counter out of it was dope. I really liked it. Um, and then AJ countering it back. Um, the choke slam backbreaker was really dope. Styles pulling off the four fifty splash. Styles hitting a phenomenal forearm. And then Corbin in typical Hill fashion, which I'm honestly not even mad about. Coming in, kicking AJ hard as crap out of the ring and then winning the title. I mean, I wasn't really mad at it. I was surprised about it, honestly, but not really mad at it. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Like, you're putting on a, a, a new young face, and this is how you build people. So, you know, it may not be ideal for everyone, but he's a new young face. He's a new young person. 
and why not? And now we can go into this thing with uh, him and Dillinger, but we'll talk about that later. <clears throat> Next up, you got uh, you got Natalia versus Charlotte Flair for the women's championship. Um, that match was a little scrappy, man. I liked it. They both, you know, had some fire on them. They both were uh, ready to go. And um, yeah, I, um, Natalia targeting Charlotte's left leg. Um, I'm I'm tired of, of matches where tired of matches where people are getting limbs targeted and people are doing it's it's cool it's good storytelling it's good psychology i understand it but i feel like the wwe does it quite a bit maybe i'm wrong but i feel like they do it a lot i feel like it's a go-to when they want to try to extend things sometimes and it's really crappy like there's way better things you can do and i feel like it's lazy it's really lazy you know writing to and booking to do it that way but uh here's what it is whatever um a lot of good submissions in the match. A lot of uh, good attempts of submissions in the match. Um, Charlotte doing the, the moonsault as always, just amazing. Like that, she does that. You know, it's not hard to do a backflip if you think if you think otherwise. Take your mattress out back and try to hit a backflip, and tell me how that works out for you. You won't do it. Anyway, um, uh, hitting her leg, um, going down from out of the moonsault, which. Obviously added to the story of her knee being hurt, which was whatever. Um, the set out power bomb spot was really really dope. Um, I like that. Natty's neck hitting the turnbuckle was a uh, which should have been a real turning point in the match um, for the win, but you know we know what happened. Uh, Natty ended up attacking Charlotte's knee with the chair shots, which was a. I mean, it was a smart way to get disqualified and keep the title, but it was just like. Being that I'm already annoyed that you're targeting her knee, it was just kind of trash. But, I mean, it is what it is, whatever. Um, Like I've said before, I like Natalia. It's hard to not like Natalia, but I don't like the character necessarily that they have her playing in this role. I would rather her just be a full mean heel outright rather than the cat lady and all this extra stuff. Like, it's just stupid to me. So, <clears throat> that's just my opinion. Others may feel different, but... It ain't they show. Anyway, fascist foul was good. Typical greatness. Need more of it. Uh, we didn't get it this week on SmackDown, but it's all right. There's more to come. Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I thought it was supposed to be in a hell of a cell, and it wasn't. That's it. Um, Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Roode. It was a pretty decent match. Uh, the ending was a little different. Um... But I love the zigzag at the end. The zigzag is an underrated finisher move. It really is. It's it's not appreciated enough. It's super underrated. And people should put it up higher in their finishing move uh, top list if people have those. Anyway, um, but I really love that Dolph did the zigzag afterwards. I wish he would have did it. Never mind. We'll talk about it later. Um, moving on to the last match of the night, which I have a ton of notes, folks. Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens, Hell in a Cell. Started outside the cage, which was a, which was a different touch. Well, it wasn't different, but it was a good touch. Um, those two getting a lot of their offense off outside there. Shane doing a cartwheel kick, which was amazing because it's like, you should not be doing those at your age, brother. But you pulled it off and you made it work. So what can I say? It's adding new stuff to the repertoire. Not mad at it at all. Owens grinding Shane's face into the front, in the, to the, into the cage in front of his kids. Uh, was just really dope. Doing the taunt was just 
Owens at his best, vintage Owens. Um, just was a really dope moment, as we all know Kevin Owens can do, just doing great things. Um, the only thing I wondered at that point was why were Shane's kid, his oldest kid, like he was just laughing, like why are you laughing at your dad getting his face like grinded against a fence? I don't children these days. What is wrong with them? Anyway. Um, Shane going for the shooting star press, which is another move. A lot of Shane's moves require him to jump, and it's just amazing every time seeing him do it because it's just like, wow, you are old. You should not be doing that. But since you can, you still got it. Anyway, um, KO hitting the, uh, the bullfrog splash. Shane getting an armbar in, a triangle. And then, you know, being able to get that from the uh, pop-up powerbomb attempt was super dope. Uh, the power bomb onto the stairs out of the triangle hole was just—it was a dope spot to see. I really liked it. Um, Kevin Seven setting up Shane up against the table, cannonballing through the table, and Shane moving was just—you know—was also a dope part of the match to see. Like, and just Kevin Owens taking taking some some punishment, definitely going through the table. That's definitely got to be a scary spot. Like you're landing. Upside downwards, and not only are you landing upside downwards, but you're landing upside downwards going into a table. So, like, that has to be a super scary spot to to do. But Kevin Owens isn't afraid, of course. Um, seeing Owens get hit with the table half was different. I don't know if I recall anybody getting hit with a table half in in my years of watching wrestling. Not saying that it hasn't happened. I just may not recall it, but. I thought that was just kind of funny to me that he was just hitting him with the other half of the table that was broken. But um, Shane effortlessly hitting the coast to coast, like didn't struggle with it at all. He had, he had way more room to go. If Kevin wasn't there, he probably could have flew out the ring. Like I'm pretty sure he could have flew out the ring. Like no doubts in my mind, like Shane literally could have leaped across the ring and like been outside the ring by ending. So shout out to Shane. Anyway, um, Shane doing the Russian leg sweep on top of on top of the cell with KO, then slamming him on it, then suplexing him on it, and I'm just I don't know like it's just hard to because I I don't recall anybody being up there and actually doing any type of wrestling in years, so that was just crazy to see them up there and as long as they were up there they were up there for a while, um so just seeing them up there and just pulling off maneuvers and. Shane being a daredevil that he is, like, there was a couple spots on there where we're just like, you're kind of close, bro. You're kind of close. Both of them, actually. There were some spots where I was like, KO's kind of big. He's definitely going through. But luckily, uh, that still is reinforced. So, um, KO super kicking Shane. Then does the senton on Shane. Uh, Shane reversing KO's power bomb, which is really dope. It looked kind of weird, him trying to jump up and trying to throw him up and just Shane jumping and trying to reverse it. It looked funny, but it's what it is. KO delivering the pop-up powerbomb to Shane. Just seeing Shane bounce off that, I'm pretty sure it hurts. But at the same time, it looked kind of fun. It looked like, you know, a steel trampoline, if you will. Anyway, um, Shane stops KO from throwing him off the cell, which was really awkward looking because I couldn't tell if Shane did something or... If he just dropped his body weight or what, but it was like you were like a step maybe from the edge of that cell. So Shane, I don't know, man, just something in Shane's water, man. Like that dude just tiptoes on the edge of death. 
at all costs. Anyway, um, Shane kicking and punching KO till he fell off the cell. Dope spot. I mean, it's always a dope spot when somebody does that. Shout out to uh, one of the same brothers who did that at Battleground. It's always a dope spot. Um, KO definitely looked out afterwards. I don't know if he was just playing it up or if he really was hurting, but he definitely uh, did a good job of selling that. Um, I don't know what anybody else thinks, but anytime that I see Shane wrestling and there's some sort of stipulation, especially one of a sale or anything where it's possible for him to jump off of, I immediately think, oh, okay, Shane's jumping off. It could be, oh, there's a stacked tables match. Shane Shane's jumping off. Oh, it's a Titan Tron. Shane's jumping off. Oh, it's a helicopter match. Shane's jumping out of it. Like, he's jumping off of everything. So, I mean, immediately when they said, oh, tell and sell, Shane's jumping off. Like, there's no, there's no, no, nothing else to think about. Shane is jumping off the cell again. Like, it just is what it is. And it's like, we know, well, at least I know that he's jumping off of it. And I never get tired of it. Because it's like, he never gets tired of it. So, why am I going to get tired of him not getting tired of jumping off the cell if he's not tired of it? I want to see it. If you're going to do it, which I know you're going to, go ahead and do it. So, um, of course, to everyone's shock, Sammy pulls KO off of the table. Shane pretty much obliterates himself jumping into the table. And he immediately, like, just, like, kind of pops up and immediately, like, rolls over. And it was just like, yeah, this dude, like, is really hurt. So, I don't know if it's as bad as reports were trying to say it was but he's definitely hurt he's definitely like recuperating right now he's definitely not okay so um or not fully okay he's ko anyway um so um just 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 sammy involved of it pulling uh ko for the pin which was dope and it was still weird because it was just like I couldn't tell if what they were what they were trying to get across with Sammy, because he still looked kind of shocked about it. But he was doing things deliberately to get Kevin Owens to win, and then like he was, but he was just looking confused or shocked, as if like, what am I doing? So it looked like he was kind of having like an outer body experience, maybe. Uh, I don't know. So it was just it was a little confusing to me. But um, but Sammy definitely showed like the confusion bit of it. Um. Cause you know, even when he walked past Shane's kids, like he looked at looked at them with like shame and confusion or whatever. But I don't know if anybody else notices, but when Kevin Owens pinned Shane, like right before the the th- the three count came down, you could if you look at Shane's right hand, you could literally see his hand open up and like twitch as if he was trying to kick out, and he just had nothing left in in him. So I don't know if it, if you if you don't believe me. Go back, watch the end of that match where the three count is happening, and look at Shane's right hand. You can see it open and him twitch as if he's trying to kick out. So that's a little homework for you guys, um, if you will. So Hell in a Cell, um, in my opinion, uh, it was really, really great. I expected nothing less. Um, and, yeah, like it was, it was dope. It was better than whatever Raw did earlier this month. Um, I don't even remember which pay-per-view it was. It's not my job to remember, so I don't really care. But, uh, but um, yeah, I, it was just a dope pay-per-view. I was t- totally satisfied about it. I'm totally satisfied to give them my $10 for the month just for that pay-per-view alone. So, moving on to SmackDown. Great way to open the show. Got the Usos and the New Day um, having their segment. 
Uh, of course, my favorite part, Jay Uso. Those other teams in the back suck. Um, I don't know what it is about the Usos, but I just like how they complete each other's sentences and just the, you know, their hype. Miss. At first, I couldn't figure it out, but now I'm just like, I love it. Like, it's super dope. It's super different, and it's it's really funny when you think about it, especially the stuff that they say. Like, it was just, like, super funny. So, uh, them saying that nobody else knows what they were going through um, besides them in the New Day, I'm pretty sure Kevin Owens and Shane knew a little bit more than what they were going through. Um, I don't know if they thought about that, but yeah, I mean, you, you guys weren't the only ones in a hell in a cell that night, but it's for the promo. I get it. It was cool. It was good. It was a good part. Um, I like how when, you know, the, uh, why are the high bros the first team to come out? I didn't understand their entitlement. I don't, how do you, and then why is Zack Ryder wearing Zack Ryder gear while Mojo is wearing hype bros gear? It just already shows it does a divide between you two. But I don't really care for neither one of them. So I just thought it was intriguing. But I mean they both can get to the back of the line. So um I thought though Jay Uso hitting Mojo. Mojo sit on the sideline like you did the rest of your NFL career. Bars. Bars. Tilting. So I thought that was super funny. Um Gable um coming out and you know telling them to get to the back of the line. And I, I thought that was dope that, you know, the Uso saying, you got you a Shelton Benjamin. I don't know what they meant by that, but it was, it was really dope. I, I liked it. And just even how they hyped him up was super dope. I loved it. Um, just paying respect to Shelton Benjamin. I thought it was super dope. Um, the funniest part of that whole promo, probably even outside of, of, of that, was the New Day dancing at Breezango. Breezango's theme music, it just... It just makes you happy. It makes you want to dance. It's a good theme song. And just seeing Big E dance to it was just like super hilarious to me. Um, and then the Ascension cutting them off. And as I noticed that the Ascension were cutting off that amazing intro from Brizango, I noticed, okay, so the Ascension comes out of nowhere, literally. And not only do they come out, <clears throat> but they come out with Ascension t-shirts on. Now, at that moment, I became puzzled. Troubled in my mind, if you will. Troubled in my spirit because I was wondering how in the hell do they have Ascension t-shirts? I've never seen them for sale on WWEshop.com. If you've seen them, please help me understand because I've never personally seen it myself. Who makes them? Where can I purchase them? Not that I want to. I just want to know if that's a possibility because I don't understand where the hell these shirts come from. Maybe that should be in the next fashion files. Anyway, moving on. Um, and I really thought it was dope that, you know, the New Day and, and, and the Usos put over Breezango because they're definitely a dope tag team. I mean, even the fact that, you know, these dudes are so funny, man. Like, even they're like, no, no, no. Breezango's cool. Breezango's cool. I like the fashion file and they just give the little fist bump. Super funny. Super dope segment. Um, moving on into that match, uh, the tag teams. It was what it was. Gable and Benjamin wins. I'm cool with that. I like those two together. I like them both separately as well. They both can go. So I think, you know, if they let them go, it'll be a really dope match between them and the Usos. No, I'm not upset with that at all. KO and Sami Zayn segment. Uh, it was a little awkward to me. Um, I just felt like it was super awkward. But it was definitely dope to see Sami kind of venting off a little bit and 
kind of explaining why he did what he did at Hell in a Cell and kind of <clears throat> giving validity to his uh his his heel turn. Um, I don't know where they're gonna go from there. Like I said, to me, like I mean, obviously they're best friends. I've seen them work on the indie circuit. I know what they're potential to do, but they're in the WWE now, so who knows um what they're gonna do with them or what they're gonna try to do with them or what they're gonna allow them to do. But I mean, I hope for great things. I'm not gonna bash it. I mean, there's no way you can bash it, at least not now. So I just found it a little awkward. But I mean, anything involving these two, I'm with it. I'm down for it. So it is what it is. Um, maybe we can even see a little air generico spot. You never know. Wishful thinking. Um Yeah, the uh the big tag match that they were playing up with Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura and unfortunately Rusev and Aiden English, I skipped it because uh Nakamura and Randy Orton are doing nothing for me right now. I would have rather just a segment with Aiden English and Rusev again. But, <clears throat> I mean, we weren't a forward in that. So, I skipped it because I can. Because I have a forward button. Anyway, um, Harper and Rowan coming back as the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, I like the hoods. The the hoodie. Not, not I don't like the hoods. Um, I'm black. Anyway. Um, but, I like the uh, the hoodie things that they had on. That was dope. Um, I thought it was really cool. Um, just kind of the patchwork. Like, it looks like it was patchwork hoodies. Um, I liked it. It looked really gritty, grungy, really gritty. Um, don't like how it looked like they were clearly reading off a script. They were clearly reading off a cue card. It wasn't necessary. Even if they should have just did a promo just straight up with them looking into the camera, slow uh, zoom in, build the intensity, them turn around, and then, you know, say Bludgeon Brothers, and then that'd be it. Not sold on the name either, but I'm not really against it either. It doesn't really matter. Just get them in the tag division. These are two guys who should have held those titles a long time ago so just happy that they're back in the mix or they will be back in the mix and here's what it is <clears throat> got Bobby Roode saying that his uh victory was glorious psych it was all right it was all right it, it wasn't glorious bro like it really wasn't it wasn't glow it wasn't glow at at best like it wasn't anything like it was just okay and you got zigzag now that zigzag was glorious but your victory uh, sir was was not. Um, moving on, got AJ versus Corbin, which I really really wanted to skip, but I was like AJ Styles in, and you just don't skip AJ Styles matches. So, um, it seemed like AJ just had an answer for everything Corbin was doing. Um, just seemed like he was just all over him. Styles kicking Corbin over the table. Styles tripping, uh, trying to slip up underneath Corbin to uh, pull him off of the rope. Corbin pretty much stopping it. Um, immediately coming out of that into the calf crusher was just dope. Then ramming his head into the ring post, it was just so fluid. And I mean, AJ Styles is just, he's just that. When I think AJ Styles, besides phenomenal, I just think fluid. Like that dude moves so fluently, like it's crazy. It's just, it's ridiculous how fluent he is in the ring. Um, Corbin Tuss Styles uh, from the knee slide was was really rough. Like another rough bump that this dude took in the last three days. Um, and Corbin's pennant styles clean with the end of days. Um, it was a dope put over for AJ to do that. Um, I just thought it was, uh, it was different to see him actually get the clean win over AJ. Like, I mean, like I said, I'm not mad at him holding the title. I'm not mad at him winning. Um, it is what it is. It's new talent, new person with the title. So 
Can't really be mad at it at all. Moving on to Monday Night Raw. Had the Mizzies come back, which, I mean, it was what it was. I don't really care about that segment. Love the Miz. Don't really care about that segment, though. Um, Like how Roman came out and, you know, Miz just really pretty much putting this thing over, really selling it enough so that Roman can have his setup line, which was, who said anything about rumors? And you got Seth coming out, Dean, well, Dean coming out, Seth coming out, Shield reunited. Definitely big moment. I definitely popped for it. Definitely excited to see him back together. Like I said last week, they came in Indianapolis. They broke up in Indianapolis. So they were in Indianapolis on Monday night. They bought him back. It is what it is. Story writes itself. Um, I really wish that. Well, we'll get into it later, I guess. We'll get into it later. I'll, I'll get my opinion on as far as their gear later. Um, <clears throat> Kurt checking on the Miz after all the the the, the big bust down happens. And, you know, telling him that he's making a match at TLC. I mean, obviously it was coming. I kind of wish it w- would have been for Survivor Series, but... Not really mad at it. Not really mad at it at all. Like, got him for TLC. Just continue to stretch it. Don't don't really know how long they're going to stretch this thing out as far as the shield goes. But being that they're back together, I'm not really mad at it. It is what it is. So, um, we got Titus. Um, excuse me. Titus um, and Apollo Crews versus Elias. Well, Apollo Crews versus Elias with Titus O'Neil. Um I'm definitely walking with Titus Worldwide. Definitely walking with Titus Worldwide. That guy is is just doing amazing things and not even really having to wrestle. So, really dope. And he always has on an immaculate suit. I am a suit connoisseur myself. Um, those of us uh, in Delaware who have great style would know that. And we do not dress like Enzo, unlike Westchester Hypebeast and those who used to be from New York. Um... First time playing the banjo on television was really, really funny. And, uh, you know, Titus coming up with the song, very, very crafty, in my opinion. I thought it was great. It was definitely a breeze. Um, I thought it was really funny. I don't know if people really pay attention to what they're saying off mic, but as they're coming in a ramp, Paolo saying, that boy good, that boy good. After Titus playing the banjo, I just thought that was super hilarious. I don't know if anybody else caught that, but I did. I thought it was funny. Um... At this point, though, I really don't know what what the WWE is doing with these guys. Um, I mean, Elias keeps on beating them, so I don't really see the direction of where they're going uh, after this or even during this. Um, where the hell? Why is it Tazawa been with them? Anyway, I mean, I only thing I could see possibly coming maybe is that Elias somehow joins Titus Worldwide, which I think in its way could could have some good funny moments. But um, I don't know. I just don't see. I don't see the big picture on that one, to be honest. So I don't know. But um, <clears throat> Enzo Amore, being Enzo Amore, I actually watched it. Uh, wasn't that bad. Saying a couple quotes, a couple great quotes from Enzo Amore. I know what I know, and that's all I know. Well, Enzo, if you know what you know, then obviously, asshole, that that is all 
that you know. Anyway, he also quoted Jay-Z by saying, I'm a hustler, I'm a hustler, homie. Um, which obviously is a Jay-Z line for those of you who didn't know. Um, still don't understand how Enzo finagled in to the main event, but I mean, it was what it was. For three weeks in a row, dude pulled it off. So, anyway, Matt Hardy versus Braun Stroger. Strowman, only note that I have on that is Matt pulling off the Tornado DDT and the Twisted Fate was really, really big moments. Other than that, it pretty much ended the way that anyone with a brain would think. Um, So, the Shield approaching Braun after the, uh, the match. Um, Strowman definitely not backing down. Um, was was just, I mean, anything Brian does to me, honestly, is just this this hilarious incense. So definitely, you know, showing his monster status, not backing down. Um, Shield definitely getting the best of Brian Strowman after a certain point. He definitely tossed Dean and Seth like nothing. He flooded them like swad, like shoo shoo away. And then just them two coming back and just being persistent, setting up for the spear spot from Roman, the big spear. Now one thing I definitely, um, definitely noticed. Even from the beginning of the night is Roman, at least to my knowledge, I don't recall him being booed once that night. And that just goes to show like when you put him in something that people want to see, they will cheer him. The way you were trying to shove him down our throats for months and years is why people didn't necessarily like what you were doing with him or liked him. Now me, Roman, when I got back into wrestling was my favorite wrestler. So... Didn't necessarily, uh, well, there was, a, there was a bit of while why I didn't like what they were doing with him, and I troubled it, and I, I passed the buck on to Roman saying I didn't like Roman. However, never lost my appreciation for, him, for Roman. Never really disliked Roman, just didn't like the things that they were doing with him at certain points. So, anyway, um, them trying to put, uh, them triple prior bombing, uh, Brian through the announce table was a dope moment. However, I wish that they would have had the riot gear back on. Like the shirts, I get it. You're trying to sell, sell the merch. Should have came out first with that, or came out first with the the riot gear. Like either way, I wanted to see the riot gear at some point. Like that's what made the Shields image really, really dope was the riot gear. But it is what it is. You you know you, they had the shirts on, so it's new merch out there. Whatever it is, what it is. Um. The funny part about that is Booker definitely almost busted his behind getting off that stage. Like, I don't know why they had that long drop to get off the stage, but they did, and Booker definitely almost fell. So, um, in the back, having a segment with whichever backstage course minor that they had. <clears throat> like I said, I don't get paid to remember these things. Um, Roman saying we are the three workhorses that run this business today. Um, Much to the credit of... My good old pal and co-host, when he can, Ron Pash. I want to see them really run with that if they're going to say it. Like, I want to see them really trying to put that over, really making that a statement, really making that a thing. If that's a statement that they're going to use and it's a statement that they're going to say. I want to see them continue on with that. Um, Moving on. Yeah. Mega James. Lord. Coming down to the ring, Alexa Bliss. <clears throat> good Lord, looking good. Talking that talk to Alexa, she's really kind of been killing Alexa on the mic lately. Like, Mickey's definitely been, like, showing, like, her veteranism, if you will. Um, both look good. 
Um, Alexa bringing Superstar yesteryear with the old fashioned filter on it was definitely funny. It was definitely well, it wasn't even funny. It was just honestly, I enjoyed it. Just think like seeing a lot of her old maneuvers and stuff like that. I thought it was just really dope. Even though it was supposed to be a dig, it was really not a dig. It was just some. I actually was upset because I wanted to see more. Like she's done a lot of great things. Should have been longer, but <clears throat> whatever. You guys only have a three hour show. Um. Yeah, I just thought that uh, it's, it's weird just like seeing Mickey and attacking Alexa and and she did so without a hair out of place, ladies and gentlemen. Like she definitely attacked Alexa, not a hair was out of place. But just how she, it, it flabbergasts me how she does this and like boots with heels on them. Like she's literally like kicked Alexa one week with a heel on and then like she attacks her this week with heels on. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing what, what women can do, especially when you can kick and attack someone in heels. It's truly, truly amazing. Um, as far as the Cruiserweight tag match or whatever, the only thing that I have to say about that is why is Jack Gallagher wrestling fully clothed? Like, you have wrestling clothes. Where are they? Why are you not wrestling in your wrestling clothes? What is going on? That's all I had to say about that. Honestly, I was just really um, taking it. I, I just didn't understand why he is wrestling with a full breast jacket on, like, in a tie and a shirt and a biker glove. Where'd the biker glove come from? Maybe I need to watch Till Five Live again. Like, maybe the answer to these things are right in front of me on my network, and I just don't know because I'm not watching. Maybe. I don't know. I'm still not going to watch. <clears throat> um, The Miz setting up to get the fourth member on his team for the table as in a chair match was definitely gold. Uh. Him uh, introducing who his fourth partner was. And Braun definitely delayed on kicking that door. I don't know what was going on on the other side of that door. But it took him maybe a second or two more than it should have to get through that door. But him kicking the door in and just coming in um, was definitely funny. Um, it was just funny because it was just super delayed. So it was just like him doing that spot and then kicking the door like super late was just really, really funny to me. Anyway, Fatal Five-Way. Uh, with uh, Emma, Bailey, Dana Brooke, Leisha Fox, Sasha Banks. <clears throat> now, me personally, I like all these women in this match. All these women, in my opinion, can go. Even Dana Brooke, as she's shown her offense, which was pretty damn fluid. Um, I don't know why you're lumping these girls all together. Like, you have plenty of time. Like, let some of these girls get in matches with each other. Like, build feuds, build feuds, build, build feuds. Like, I don't understand what you guys are doing back there. But anyway... Um, Bailey will uh, receive a cease and assist from me for her Just Bailey jacket. There's only one Just Anything, and that's Just Donovan. So, um, Bailey, if you don't want to see that paperwork, I suggest you stop wearing that jacket because um, it's infringement. So, Emma watching everybody fight at the start of the fight was just super funny. Uh, good heel stuff. Um, then sunning Dana after beating down Alicia Fox. Just, you know, I don't, Emma, I love it. Like, just, you know, just sunning people and just... Walking around, just being great. It's just a wonderful thing to see. Um, it was definitely dope seeing Dana get her offense off in this match. Um, before getting eliminated, didn't know it was an elimination match, but however, not upset that it was an elimination match because I got to see these five women go at it <clears throat> for for a good more bit of time. But anyway, um, Alicia Fox eliminated Bailey with the dope axe kick. Crazy axe kick, like... We need to see more Alicia Fox. And we need to see more of that axe kick because it was really, really dope. It was really, really good. Um, anyway, Emma ended up 
still in the victory with a roll up. Not upset about it at all. She's had a match with uh, Oscar before. Pretty good match, which is in Oscar's collection on the WWE Network. So <clears throat> definitely not upset with Emma getting something to do. In the meantime, the rest of these females. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 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 girls. Uh, sorry, ladies. No female is a is a sticky word these days. So the rest of these women need to find something else to do with them. And um, there's there's plenty of things to do with them. Like WWE, get it together, get it together. Like you have great women wrestlers on this roster. Utilize them, put them in good matches. It's possible. So uh, anyway. Last match on Raw, Enzo versus Kalisto. I love how Corey Graves was just fed up with Enzo, fed up with everything he was saying, fed up with everything he was doing. And there's actually a, a story on on Twitter where Corey Graves, I guess, was at, was at, was at uh, his son's baseball game, and he said, my son steals first base, and he does Enzo's dance move. I have failed as a father. And then Rusev retweeted, and it said, we have failed as a community. And I just thought that was super hilarious. Like, Corey Graves really... <clears throat> Really uh, keeping this up, even on his social medias. Um, Kalisto looked like Drago Jr. I don't understand what all the extra stuff is. He took the mask off this week. He had a regular mask on, but he just, I don't understand what's going on. Um, Kalisto, you might get a cease and assist too. You might want to stop. You don't want to do that. Um, Enzo taking a cheap shot at Mustafa Ali, which caused all types of chaos. Um which I guess that's going to be the next feud between those two, which, I mean, it is what it is. I'm probably still not going to watch it, but, yeah, whatever. Uh, the suplex into the Cruiserweights was a dope spot. You could clearly see, especially in a replay, Brian Kendrick, like, being having the the tough job of moving everyone along so that the spot gets pulled off uh, pretty pretty well. So I, that was just something I noticed, seeing Brian Kendrick kind of, like, like, hurting everyone forward so that there was enough room for them to land on him. Shout out to Brian Kendrick. You're the real MVP for that, bro. Anyway, Mustafa pulling Enzo out of the pen. Mustafa telling him, you don't represent us. Enzo definitely calling him a son of a bitch. And Selena Del, Selena Del Sol from the top rope ends it all. And new cruiserweight champion, Galisto. Now, I have no qualms about that, whatever, um, what about Kalisto. Being the champ, <clears throat> I mean, it is what it is. I personally would rather see a match between Tony Nice and Neville for the title, but you know that's too good for us fans, I guess. Speaking of Neville, uh, rumor out there that he uh, is requesting a, a, a release from WWE. Um, do I want to see him go? Uh, not really, but would I be happy if he goes? Absolutely, because that means that he goes back to the Indies and he would do great things there. Um, hopefully in enough time to get to House of Hardcore in Philly in November, but we know that probably won't happen. But either way, he'll be there next year, I'm sure, if that happens. But <clears throat> either way, I mean, that was great, so it doesn't really matter. Well, ladies and gentlemen, got to go back to living Viva La Raza. It's been a long week. I uh, don't think anything big is happening next week, so I may take a break. But, as always, I'm always here for you guys. There's always the Matt Madness weekly show. 
There's always Falls Count Anywhere. There's always Throwback Madnesses. I believe that there's an unsanctioned coming up. So there's mad episodes of podcasting from the Mad Madness Network that you can listen to, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to, oh yeah, embrace the madness, you can go over to whatamaneuver.com and get the Mad Madness merchandise. See this week, guys, I did my homework. I, uh, I got the information for you. So if you want some Mad Madness gear, go over to whatamaneuver.com. Grab that. Definitely planning to grab a hoodie soon. Also, you can go to collarandelbow.com, put in the promo code Matt Madness, and save some bucks and get you something nice. Also, shout out to all the people who have been affected by hurricanes this past couple of months. I personally have some family that's been affected by it, so definitely support these people any way that you can. Um, even a, even the small ways that you can, I know some places like Walgreens and things like that, like you can go in there and you can donate some money. So just any way that you can donate and help people out, definitely donate and help people out because it's important because other people in this country are not who shall remain nameless because I like the things that I do. And I don't want people sending letters to Mad Madness saying that I need to be shut down other than the two people who probably already are on this network who may do that because they are haters. So with that being said, this has been the face of the heel, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast. Donnie Wrestling, Donnie Mundo, Don Strowman, Don DiBiase, Donovan, the Lowdown Lloyd. And this has been another episode of The Perfect Edge. Holla! If you hear me, get to me. Yeah, I'm just making it clear. Give me the space in the clear. When you see I appear, got that black and white gear. And we in the fifth gear. And you know we don't care if they whip or they against. We don't mean to make offense, but yo, we mean with our offense. The scene is finna switch. My team got it on clinch. If the scene that you went green, then we gon' lean at your expense. This angle but has a twist. Just to hear one for a Real one, left lane deals for a real one, and they know the fake from the real ones. You hear that guitar riff, they switch up the stance quick. They think we want Hollywood, you can't understand it. You see who I stand with, my team is outstanding. We came with a plan, but see your plans with you handed. You hear that guitar riff, they switch up the stance quick. They think we want Hollywood, you can't understand it. You see who I stand with, my team is outstanding. We came with a plan, but see your plans with you handed